Chapter 12, verses 20 through 33. Of Catina Aria, Commentary in the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Volume 1, Part 2, Gospel of St. John by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 20 through 26. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Bede. The temple at Jerusalem was so famous that on the feast days, not only the people near, but many Gentiles from distant countries came to worship in it as that eunuch of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, mentioned in the Acts. The Gentiles who were at Jerusalem now had come up for this purpose, and there were certain Gentiles among them who came to worship at the feast. Chrysostom, the time being now near, when they would be made proselytes. They hear Christ talked of, and wish to see him. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida, of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Augustine, lo, the Jews wished to kill him, the Gentiles to see him. But they were of the Jews who cried, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So behold them of the circumcision, and them of the uncircumcision, once so wide apart, coming together like two walls, and meeting in one faith of Christ, by the kiss of peace. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, Chrysostom, as being the elder disciple, he had heard our Saviour say, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and therefore he communicates with his fellow disciple, and they refer the matter to their Lord. And again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, Augustine, listen we to the voice of the cornerstone. And Jesus answered them, saying, My hour is come, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Did he think himself glorified, because the Gentiles wished to see? No. But he saw that after his passion and resurrection, the Gentiles in all lands would believe on him, and took occasion from this request of some Gentiles to see him, to announce the approaching fullness of the Gentiles. For that the hour of his being glorified was now at hand, and that after he was glorified in the heavens, the Gentiles would believe, according to the passage in the psalm, Set up thyself, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth. But it was necessary that his exaltation and glory should be preceded by his humiliation and passion. Wherefore he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. That corn was he to be mortified in the unbelief of the Jews, to be multiplied in the faith of the Gentiles. Bede, 
he himself of the seed of the patriarchs was sown in the field of this world that by dying he might rise again with increase he died alone he rose again with many chrysostom he illustrates his discourse by an example from nature a grain of corn produces fruit after it has died how much more then must the son of god the gentiles were to be called after the jews had finally offended i e after his crucifixion now then that the gentiles of their own accord offered their faith he saw that his crucifixion could not be far off and to console the sorrow of his disciples which he foresaw would arise he tells them that to bear patiently not only his death but their own too is the only way to good he that loveth his life shall lose it augustine this may be understood in two ways one if thou lovest it lose it if thou wouldest preserve thy life in christ fear not death for christ two do not love thy life here lest thou lose it hereafter the latter seems to be the more evangelical sense for it follows and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal chrysostom he loveth his life in this world who indulges its inordinate desires he hateth it who resists them it is not who doth not yield to but who hateth for as we cannot bear to hear the voice or see the face of them whom we hate so when the soul invites us to things contrary to god we should turn her away from them with all our might theophylact it were harsh to say that a man should hate his soul so he adds in this world i e for a particular time not for ever and we shall gain in the end by so doing shall keep it unto life eternal augustine but think not for an instant that by hating thy soul is meant that thou mayest kill thyself for wicked and perverse men have sometimes so mistaken it and have burnt and strangled themselves throwing themselves from precipices and in other ways put an end to themselves this did not christ teach nay when the devil tempted him to cast himself down he said get thee hence satan but when no other choice is given thee when the persecutor threatens death and thou must either disobey god's law or depart out of this life then hate thy life in this world that thou mayest keep it unto life eternal chrysostom this present life is sweet to them who are given up to it but he who looks heavenward and sees what good things are there soon despises this life when the better life appears the worse is despised this is christ's meaning when he says if any man serve me let him follow me i e imitate me both in my death and life for he who serves should follow him whom he serves augustine but what is it to serve christ the very words explain they serve christ who seek not their own things but the things of jesus christ i e who follow him walk in his not their own ways do all good works for christ's sake not only works of mercy to men's bodies but all others till at length they fulfill that great work of love and lay down their lives for the brethren but what fruit what reward you ask the next words tell you and where i am there shall also my servant be love him for his own sake 
and think it a rich reward for thy service to be with him. Chrysostom. So then death will be followed by resurrection. Where I am, he says, for Christ was in heaven before his resurrection. Thither let us ascend in heart and in mind. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. This must be understood as an explanation of the proceeding. There also shall my servant be. For what greater honor can an adopted son receive than to be where the only son is? Chrysostom, he says, My father will honor him, not I will honor him, because they had not yet proper notions of his nature, and thought him inferior to the father. Verses 27 through 33. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Chrysostom, to our Lord's exhortation to his disciples to endurance, they might have replied that it was easy for him, who was out of the reach of human pain, to talk philosophically about death, and to recommend others to bear what he is in no danger of having to bear himself. So he lets them see that he is himself in agony, but that he does not intend to decline death, merely for the sake of relieving himself. Now is my soul troubled. Augustine, I hear him say, He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. And I am ravished. I despise the world. The whole of this life, however long, is but a vapor in my sight. All temporal things are vile in comparison with eternal. And again, I hear him say, Now is my soul troubled. Thou biddest my soul follow thee, but I see thy soul troubled. What foundation shall I seek if the rock gives way? Lord, I acknowledge thy mercy. Thou of thy love wast of thine own will troubled, to console those who are troubled through the infirmity of nature, that the members of thy body perish not in despair. The head took upon himself the affections of his members. He was not troubled by anything, but as was said above, he troubled himself. Chrysostom. As he draws near to the cross, his human nature appears, a nature that did not wish to die, but cleaved to this present life. He shows that he is not quite without human feelings, for the desire of this present life is not necessarily wrong, any more than hunger. Christ had a body free from sin, but not of natural infirmities. But these attach solely to the dispensation of his humanity, not to his divinity. Augustine. Lastly, let the man who would follow him hear at what hour he should follow. A fearful hour has perhaps come. A choice is offered, either to do wrong or suffer. The weak soul is troubled. Hear our Lord. What shall I say? Bede, i.e., what but something to confirm my followers. Father, save me from this hour. Augustine. 
he teaches thee whom thou shouldest call on, whose will prefer to thine own. Let him not seem to fall from his greatness, because he wishes thee to rise from thy meanness. He took upon him man's infirmity, that he might teach the afflicted to say, Not what I will, but what thou wilt. Therefore he adds, But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name, i.e., in my passion and resurrection. Chrysostom, as if he said, I cannot say why I should ask to be saved from it. For for this cause came I unto this hour. However, ye may be troubled and dejected at the thought of dying. Do not run away from death. I am troubled, yet I ask not to be spared. I do not say, save me from this hour, but the contrary. Glorify thy name. To die for the truth was to glorify God, as the event showed. For after his crucifixion, the whole world was to be converted to the knowledge and worship of God, both the Father and the Son. But this he is silent about. Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Gregory. When God speaks audibly, as he does here, but no visible appearance is seen, he speaks through the medium of a rational creature, i.e. by the voice of an angel. Augustine. I have glorified it, i.e. before I made the world, and will glorify it again, i.e. when thou shalt rise from the dead. Or I have glorified it when thou wast born of a virgin, didst work miracles, wast made manifest by the Holy Ghost descending in the shape of a dove, and will glorify it again, when thou shalt rise from the dead, and as God be exalted above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Chrysostom, the voice, though loud and distinct, soon passed off from their gross, carnal, and sluggish minds, only the sound remaining. Others perceived an articulate voice, but did not catch what it said. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Augustine, i.e., it did not come to tell him what he already knew, but them what they ought to know. And as that voice did not come for his sake, but for theirs, so his soul was not troubled for his sake, but for theirs. Chrysostom, the voice of the Father, proved what they were so fond of denying, that he was from God, for he must be from God, if he was glorified by God. It was not that he needed encouragement of such a voice himself, but he condescended to receive it for the sake of those who were by. Now is the judgment of this world. This fits on to the preceding, as showing the mode of his being glorified. Augustine. The judgment at the end of the world will be of eternal rewards and punishments. But there is another judgment, not of condemnation, but of selection, which is the one meant here. The selection of his own redeemed and their deliverance from the power of the devil. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. The devil is not called the prince of this world, in the sense of being lord over heaven and earth. God forbid. The world here stands for the wicked dispersed over all the world. In this sense, the devil is the prince of the world, i.e., of all the wicked men who live in the world. 
The world also sometimes stands for the good dispersed throughout the world. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. These are they from whose hearts the prince of this world shall be cast out. Our Lord foresaw that after his passion and glorifying, great nations all over the world would be converted, in whom the devil was then, but from whose hearts, on their truly renouncing him, he would be cast out. But was he not cast out of the hearts of the righteous men of old? Why is it, now shall be cast out? Because that which once took place in a very few persons was now to take place in whole nations. What then, does the devil not tempt at all the minds of believers? Yea, he never ceases to tempt them. But it is one thing to reign within, another to lay siege from without. Chrysostom, what kind of judgment it is by which the devil is cast out, I will explain by an example. A man demands payment from his debtors, beats them, and sends them to prison. He treats with the same insolence one who owes him nothing. The latter will take vengeance both for himself and the others too. This Christ does. He revenges what he has suffered at the devil's hand. And with himself he revenges us too. But that none may say, How will he be cast out if he overcometh thee? He adds, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. How can he be overcome, who draws others unto him? This is more than saying, I shall rise again. Had he said this, it would not have proved that he would draw all things unto him. But I shall draw, includes the resurrection and this besides. Augustine, what is this all that he draweth? but that from which the devil is cast out. He does not say all men, but all things, for all men have not faith. He does not mean then all mankind, but the whole of a man, i.e. spirit, soul, and body, by which respectively we understand and live and are visible. Or if all means all men, it means those who are predestined to salvation, or all kinds of men, all varieties of character, excepting in the article of sin. Chrysostom, why then did he say above that the Father drew men? Because the Father draws by the Son who draws. I shall draw, he says, as if men were in the grasp of some tyrant, from which they could not extricate themselves. Augustine, if I be lifted up from the earth, he says, i.e., when I shall be lifted up, he does not doubt that the work will be accomplished which he came to do. By his being lifted up, he means his passion on the cross. As the evangelist adds, this he said signifying by what death he should die. End of chapter 12, verses 20 through 33.